0: Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within Podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal sex sabotage so you can double your income reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is Kimberly Smith, an internationally certified life, career and business coach specializing in mindset, stress management and resilience. She is also the founder of Encompass Life Coaching, Through coaching services, speaking and writing, Kimberly helps busy women, mothers and entrepreneurs stop stressing and focus so they can flourish within their careers, families, businesses and relationships. Kimberly's clients move through self-doubt, build a positive and resilient mindset, increase energy and confidence all while achieving their personal and professional goals. Kimberly is a degree in sociology and psychology and previously spent over a decade in corporate talent acquisition and recruiting, helping professionals level up and pivot their careers. Kimberly is a servant leader passionate about dissolving the stigma around mental health, advocating for diversity, equity, inclusion and justice, and is dedicated to empowering others to live more authentic lives full of passion, purpose, courage, freedom and adventure. In this interview, we dive deep into how to build a resilient and positive mindset for success. Let's get started. Welcome, Kimberly. I'm so thrilled to be on the show and for our conversation. So can you tell our listeners a bit more about you, about your story and how you came through this work?
1: Sure, sure. Well, I'm Kimberly. I'm a mindset and resilience life, career, and business coach. And, you know, what brought me to this work, well, previously I, I spent 10 years in, in corporate talent acquisition. So I've been passionate about helping people from the very get-go in life. I always felt that I was called to some type of service. And, you know, initially that was within recruiting and staffing. I myself went through a very challenging, you know, four or five years in my life. And, you know, even prior to that was, was really struggling with stress, anxiety, bouts of depression And, you know, I wanted, I wanted tools and resources that would help me feel stronger, feel more confident, increase my energy so that I could feel just like I could take on anything in life. Unfortunately, in at least American culture, a lot of times they just write you a prescription. And, you know, I have always been more of a holistic type of person. So while I did you know, take some medicine for a period and it really helped me during that, you know, figuring it out phase. I also wanted to know that I could manage things internally in just a more intentional and more mindful way. And that I wouldn't have to necessarily rely on that medication long-term. I think that medication has a great place in mental health, but for me personally, I just... I needed, I needed something else because that also wasn't really solving all the problems. So, you know, just living in this very fast paced life, having a busy career, having a home life, being a mother, trying to figure out how all the pieces of the life puzzle fit together was overwhelming, you know? And so I went through that turbulent time, you know, coming out of it, learning all of the things that I learned. I... Number one, I saw so many other women around me struggling with some of the same things and not only struggling, but silently struggling. They weren't even talking about it. It was a huge source of shame. So I really wanted to open this conversation up and, and just tell my story and then also help people find that balance, find that internal harmony, you know, with them on their own, right. With, with these more holistic and all natural tools and resources.
0: Oh, there is so much to unpack. there. <laughs> and it really is about building that bounce back ability, as my coach used to say. There's always going to be times in life when you're feeling anxious when things don't go your way, and it's not about. It's about how fast can you bounce back? Hundred
1: so- percent. What I found with myself and then have observed with clients is this feeling we're derailed by the disappointment, by the mistakes, by the things that don't go as we hoped or planned. And I think it really is a test of our, you know, emotional intelligence and, and resilience to me, it it feels like the best word because, you know, we want to be flexible and we want to know that we're not going to break, but we also want to kind of spring back into form. We, we want to have that bounce back ability as you you call it. Right. So it's definitely, I think something that everybody wants to achieve for themselves. And and it gives you that sense of peace to just knowing that like, it it dissolves a lot of the fear when you learn the tools and you're like, yeah, I can, I'm not afraid of the outcome of that. So I'm going to take this chance, right. You take more risks. You're more confident
0: all around. Yes, definitely. Can you give us an example from your life or a time where you went through something that at the time you thought it was a failure, but then you bounced back and realized that actually set you up for success later on? Well,
1: sure. As a coach and just as an entrepreneur, you go through different places or times in your journey where you're bringing a new idea to life, right? So I've definitely had failed launches, I've had, you know, my first launch ever was definitely a rough one. (laughs) The second one that I went through was also had its challenges, right? Like I was running ads and they had changed the algorithm and just like all these things, right? You know, I'd spent a lot of money in places and yeah, you kind of, you feel so depleted and like, God, I poured my heart and my soul into that why, like, why is this what I'm now handed? Right. And I hate to think that the divine or God is, is challenging us and wants to see how committed, are. but at the same time too, it does like the only thing that I could really, that the thing that I went back to was my why, right. I always go back to my why in those times of disappointment. And then also just being a specialist with mindset, it's Okay mistakes. Logically, I can, I've always been able to say, yeah, of course we learn from mistakes. Mistakes are no big deal. But then when you're in it and you're like, man, that was a huge mother effing mistake, right? Like you, it, it really is a test of, do you, do you believe all of the things that you say? Are you really practicing what you preach? So yeah, those, those failures felt like the end of the world, you know, and then of course you learn from that each and every time you go through a product launch or an offer launch, or you take a risk with a a courageous conversation, whether it's in your family or with your partner, it's scary at first, but then you can really find it in like, it's about developing that solution driven mindset that says, well, this is the action that's going to help me get more data, right? This is what's going to help me learn what's out there, what's missing, what I need to know more about and, and remaining curious. So, you know, within each one of those situations, I came back to my, why I also came back to what can I learn from this? What can I gather and how can I streamline this for next time? Right. Because even though it hurt, you know, each and every time I was like, you know, the, the lag time was far less, right. You're like, all right. it it doesn't burn so much. Right. So yeah, that was, that's definitely been my strategy and kind of coming back from those setbacks, those disappointments is to really come back to, why do I even want this? Why does it mean so much to me? And then on the negative emotion side of it, what am I making this mean about me? (laughs) Right. Because nothing really has meaning unless we give it meaning. And so the negative feelings that we may have in those situations can really be turned upside down. And that's a great way to move past them.
0: I love that because no, like if you think about young children when they are learning to walk, for example, they fall all the time, but they don't make up any mean about it. They just get up and do it again. But then when you are an adult, you add this assumption you must, You're right on the first try, and if you don't, you make up stories about not being good enough, not having what it takes. And so, when you how do you reframe that? How do you get past that? I've done a lot
1: of work around my own worthiness, and I think also, you know, my spirituality plays a role in it too. I think those of us who have grown up in religion, a lot of us were taught to fear God and that God was this very almighty, powerful, punishing person who, if we didn't do X, Y, and Z, right, then we would see the, the, the repercussions from those actions. But I've learned within my spiritual journey that that's not who my God is at all. My God is a loving God and, and, and wants me to be successful and actually wants me to learn these things. And, you know, it's, it's really having faith that in, in the work that you're doing and that it's, it's worthy to be put out into the world, right? Those people who feel really called into a certain profession, you can't really explain it. You're just, it's ingrained in your DNA somehow. You're just like, I don't know why, but I just love this so much, right? So coming back from those feelings of maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. No, you know, no, like I've just, it's over and over again, the process of identifying those funky beliefs that tell you that you're not good enough, that whatever you're trying to do isn't for you and reframing it to be like, no, my work is, you know, worthy to be out in the world. I know that I'm I'm doing the right thing. I know that I was called into this profession for a reason and I'm doing my best. I learn every step of the way. So it's, it's recognizing that point of when you're right there about to think that thought and very quickly flipping the script and it takes practice. You know, we're not going to be perfect at that either first off and and right out of the gate. So, you know, being gentle with yourself, learning how to self soothe as well, and actually exist within the discomfort of tough emotions, which so many of
0: us run from. Yeah, I can, I can definitely relate to that. Um, I know that in the past there were times when I did run from a discomfort, but I have learned doing a lot of personal work on myself that actually the discomfort is growth. That's when you grow, and if you're not willing to go through that, then you're stagnating and just staying stuck where you are. So the working in a piece really speaks to me, and I think one of the biggest pieces for many, many people, especially women, not feeling bored. Is there, are there any other traits that resilient people have, any other characteristics?
1: Yeah, well, I think that emotional intelligence is at the top, right? Because our emotions are so powerful. I mean, emotions are ingrained in every single situation, right? When we're at work and we're working on a project, Certainly if you're an entrepreneur and you're running your own business and and you're bringing this vision of yours to life, you have so much invested, right? It's an emotional process, of course, in our partnerships, anything with our children, our whole lives are full of emotion. And we also see a lot of drama out there too, right? Like TV shows and movies and like so much is dramatized in popular culture that I think Many of us have subconsciously taken on this notion that tough emotions and disappointments and heartbreak has to really be painful, right? It has to really, really be this flurry and this mess and people yelling and people shouting or whatever it is, right? And it's learning to really be intentional about how you express your emotions, how you communicate your emotions, I think is right at the top for, for resilient people. I think resilient people really invest in themselves and, and use their time across all areas. You know, the physical, the mental, emotional, and the spiritual. I think that the spiritual, of course, physical, we have to keep ourselves in good shape. It's the food that we eat. It's, it's all of those environmental factors, right? The mental, the thoughts that we think, the emotions, the emotional intelligence, but also the spiritual is something that I think a lot of times is neglected in the conversation, especially in business, right? Because you know, people may come from different denominations. They may and we're we're very much brought up to think that mine, like there's just one right way to see things in the world of spirituality. And I had read this great book by Tasha Silver once it's called Outrageous Openness. And she talks about how all of the players of religion, it's like they were all at the same party, but they were all just telling the story from their different corner of the room. Right. And I love that because I think that there is a certain, there's faith that's involved. There's a trust that you have to have in the process of business, and in the and in the journey of life as well that a lot of times you don't get to know all the details up front you do not get to know the how of how something is necessarily going to come about because for instance there's definitely been situations for myself where i've had a plan right you have your plan you have your vision you work the plan you cross off things on your to do list all right done right and and all of this work is going to translate into X, Y, Z. Right. And then many times it translates into something that maybe you didn't even think of, but is just as good or better. Right. It comes back to you in this different way. So I think that faith is definitely a characteristic of resilient people, as well as, you know, really taking the time and, and, and dedication to invest in themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, and then of course,
0: spiritually too. Well, that is so true, because, uh, again, I lots of people, they want to have a step-by-step plan, but then what happens is that you don't know what you don't know, right? Things change so rapidly online. You also find that when you are so focused on having things your way and sticking to the plan, that there are other opportunities that are even better, that you don't even see or consider. So definitely having faith is is a huge one and i know we talked a lot about mindset so far but what are the actions or behaviors or steps that people can take to be resilient i think really looking at your
1: life and and seeing where stress is bubbling up what area feels most stressful that's definitely gonna tell you, you know, what area maybe you get you really have to hone in your energy on and, and maybe set some goals within that area to, to help you get to a better place. But overall, with the things that contribute to our complete wellness and our complete state of health, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, right? And for instance, for myself, physically, I am very mindful of what I eat and even just drinking enough water, how much caffeine I consume, moving my body on a regular basis and also finding time for stillness and and just relaxation and rest and restoration. Mentally developing critical awareness for thoughts and practicing that process of reframing, whether it's with your own thoughts about yourself, about somebody in your life, about your business, about whatever's happening, right. In those, that stressful area and trying to, you know, really lean into the positive side of possible. And that's definitely not avoiding the negative emotions. I think that we also have to learn to process those in a healthy way Um, and, self-awareness, right? This whole, all of it is about self-awareness. What works for us? What doesn't, where are our room, where are our shadows, right? Like what's, what's in the shadows that we maybe need to pull out and admit to, and just be very radically honest with ourselves about where can I do better and not being afraid to look at those things, right? So mentally being able to practice the reframing. Being open minded, open to new solutions, right? Not focused, not overly uh, obsessing over one angle in, say, a problem or situation. But then that emotional intelligence, too, really building awareness around how you're feeling, why you're feeling that, why you, where you think those thoughts really originated from. And then going back to that mental side of being able to kind of flip the script. And then spirituality. I think that in today's fast paced world, a lot of us are very disconnected from our faith and, and, and have been, you know, I certainly was for many years and it felt scary to even go back to it because again, like growing up in, you know, Christianity where you're kind of told like you're, you're either here and you're dedicated or you're not. Right. And then, okay, well, what are they, what, how is, God going to react? How am I going to feel when I go back? Right. You know, you kind of had some, I kind of had some shame to work through there and realize that, all right, this is a new beginning. This is a fresh start, but exploring that, you know, really thinking about what do you believe when it comes to a higher power or when it comes to, you know, who controls everything and letting your reminding yourself to that a lot of the burdens that we bear, a lot of the things that we take on really are not ours to take on you know we can, if you have that faith if your faith is strong you can feel comfortable letting a lot of that go and really trusting that things will work out in your favor or that things are always moving and shifting uh in divine time
0: absolutely and i wanna take a slightly different direction because we've been talking a lot about resilience in business because Mm -hmm. our audience is entrepreneurs. But it's also important to be resilient in relationships because entrepreneurs, we have relationships as well. And when they are challenging or we have relationships that don't make us feel good, that's going to seep into our business as well. And so I know that you went through a divorce and now you are happily co-parenting. So can you tell us the story and how you were able to be the relationship and tell us more about how to be a resilient in relationship, what that looks like and how to achieve that? Yeah, of course. I love this question because I think that,
1: well, I mean, yeah, relationships are hard as hell. <laughs> they, <laughs> they are. Got married when I was 26 and very much full of hope for my future. I had worked hard and moved and bought a house and we were excited for this new life of ours. And as you grow and, you know, for us, we just really got caught up in the busyness. We didn't, nobody tells you how to get, how to be married. You know, nobody tells you what corporate life is going to be like, or now there's so many more conversations around boundaries at work and really having that work-life balance. And I feel like when I was in the thick of it, it was just, it was just a bunch of fluff talk, right? Like people would be like, oh yeah, work-life balance. You're going to have that. And then like, you know, nothing ever really was that way. Um, and so we made the decision in 2019, me and my ex-husband to go our separate ways and don't get me wrong. There was some, some hella drama there, but we had a five-year-old, you know, at the time our daughter was five and, my parents were divorced. His parents have been, I guess, happily married for 45 years or something, right? But I did not, I know what divorce can do, right? Like my dad and my mom never had a very friendly relationship. And although we didn't witness any crazy drama between them necessarily, you feel the tension, right? And I, I felt that as a kid, that little anxiety kind of in, you know, in yourself, in your soul. And that was the last thing that I wanted for my daughter. And we were on the same page with that, that we could put our differences aside and, and really just focus on the outcome that we wanted for our daughter. And we both were, were seeking mental health support. We both had our individual therapists. I would absolutely recommend that. I think you can have a therapist for all that and then have a coach to help you move forward, right? I think a lot of times they work really great in tandem together. And having that support system was really crucial to that transition. It helped me and him really sort through some of those big tough emotions and process them. And, and instead of being dragged back or held back Excuse me, instead of being dragged back or held back by those emotions, we were able to focus solely on our vision for the future and what we wanted to, to do for our daughter. And that that took a lot of compassion. I think compassion is an, is an emotion that we don't often explore enough. You know, when you're going through a divorce, it's not easy to compassion for somebody who's let you down for somebody who's really disappointed you, who broke promises. And at the same time, it was a, it was a learning lesson that, you know, I can still have those not so pleasant feelings and I can have compassion alongside of it for, for both of our younger selves. Right. It wasn't just me who, it wasn't just one of us who messed up. We were fumbling together. We were both young and trying to do our best and it just didn't work out. And, you know, there really was no purpose in stewing and the blame and the, the anger. I didn't want to bring that into my future. I wanted to focus on the happiness. That was why we made that decision. So a lot of support from people, therapists and such a lot of, you know, internal reflection, time and compassion for each other. And then communication. I think our communication now might be better than it was when we were married. And I think a lot of even married couples think that they're communicating, but they're not. They think that they told somebody something because they thought about it or they wrote it on their list and they thought they had that conversation, but life is busy. and, And a lot of times you don't say the things that you think you did. And you're not as clear or as intentional with instructions or expectations, whether when that's with a partner or anybody else. So I think communication is definitely a skill that a lot of us have. I know that I needed to kind of be honest with myself in the sense I always thought I was a great communicator. And in fact, I've you know learned to become even better. And looking back, I wasn't being a great communicator. I was thinking about all of these things for myself and inside, but I wasn't
0: really voicing them that is there's is a big piece of I also mean, having the humility to, to recognize that and wanting to change that and 100 can you give us some example of how you would actually voice your expectations or your opinions or your desires to your other partner especially when there are these emotions there that you may not feel very compassionate at the moment. You are, you are exercising <laughs> the compassion, but sometimes you know, like there are all these emotions that get in the way. So how, how do you voice your thoughts in a way, in a compassionate way that actually gets through the person?
1: That's a great question. The 24-hour rule is a wonderful practice. If, if you haven't heard of it, it's if you're feeling heated about a conversation or something that needs to be talked about wait 24 hours, right? Think about it, collect your thoughts, wait till kind of you've, you've come down and prepare for that conversation. You know, be really intentional about finding a time that works for you and that person. A lot of times we just want to catch the person and say, Hey, can we talk about this? Right. When in reality, they may not be ready to have that conversation either. And we can't, come in as this like emotional terrorist demanding that somebody talk to us about something when maybe they're not ready. So, you know, finding an intentional time where that person, where you and that person can sit down, they know that that's the time that you're going to be talking about this thing. Right. And when I go into a courageous conversation, I like to set an intention for that conversation. Sometimes we have a lot of emotions around a subject or a situation and you go into these things and and they get heated really easily when you don't have a plan, right? And we can just end up spewing all over that person and, and nothing productive ends up taking place because our emotions, you know, took the wheel. So what do you want the outcome of that conversation to be? is the intention to share with them how something made you feel and then create a plan together to avoid that situation moving forward. I mean, there's so many different angles or reasons why you would need to have a meaningful conversation with someone. So setting that intention up front and then some writing out some bullet points. I like to just take notes because Again, when we're in that situation, our minds go blank. We forget what we even wanted to say. That's when our emotions take over and things may go downhill. So the more prepared you can be, the better. And I recently had a very courageous conversation actually with my daughter's teacher. (laughs) We haven't exactly seen eye to eye (laughs) this school year. So even through email, I could tell things were maybe getting a little passive aggressive or heated. And I was like, you don't have to be friends with everybody. You don't have to come out of every engagement with an acquaintance or business partner or colleague or anything being so chummy chummy, but you, but finding common ground, being tolerant, being respectful and learning how to work together to for a common goal is what a lot of times we need right and recognizing that i don't need to be fake i don't need to show up as somebody else to make this person like me but i do need to be an advocate for my needs and demonstrate you know what i want this to lead to and you know get get this person's buy in get this person to come on board with me and and participate versus feeling like we're just butting heads and just getting nowhere
0: I love that you call them courageous conversations it does take courage to (laughs) have these conversations and I know there there may be some people that are thinking yeah that sounds amazing but I don't want to be the bigger person not ready to the conversation yet so can you share with us how having this Could this conversations has enriched your life and your business as well? Absolutely.
1: It's scary as hell to have some of these conversations. And all I can say is that avoiding them just does not help. Avoidance is the tactic that we all use sometimes because we're scared, because we're anxious, because we're just about the about the uncertainty or the unknown on the other side. And And that's too, where, where a bit of faith comes in that, Hey, if I do my part, if I'm very intentional, that's all I need to worry about, right? You don't need to worry about the outcome. You don't need to get wrapped up in what's happening on the other side. These conversations have really enriched my life. They've, they've made me more confident first off. They've made me really understand who I am as a person, as a business owner, as a leader, as a mother, as a, as a new partner, because I'm in a new partnership. And so, you know, there's navigating love post-divorce, which has been also interesting and, you know, really knowing that things can only like, things will either get better and it'll be a solution or there'll be something else that like more information within the situation. So I really only entertain those two possibilities that I'll either get this or it'll lead to something even better. I think avoid the avoidance (laughs) Mm -hmm. and practice small. You can even be vulnerable in, in the sense that going into these conversations, you let the person know up front, Hey, I'm really nervous about talking about this with you. I'm, I'm nervous. I've, I've, I spent a lot of time thinking about this, and I brought my notes because it's really important to me. And and saying that up front and showing the thought and the time that you've put into preparing really helps build that connection with the other person. They're, it's very disarming, actually, for somebody to hear, "Wow, this has been really Im- impacting you. You've spent some of your time thinking about it, and you care so much that you came with notes." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, how do you, how is somebody going to be mad at that? And if they are, then, you know, just knowing that you have to be true to yourself. This is where we really exercise who we are and how we're living in alignment with our values. It's these very small, seemingly small moments where we brush it off or we avoid it. And it's just, oh, it's not worth the time and the energy, but then they pile up again and again and again. And before you know it, then the resentment has just become so big and there's this void between you and the other person that then it's so much more hard to tackle when you know, you've know you just been shoving things underneath the rug for 20 years <laughs> or however long it's been. <laughs> Maybe it's 20 minutes. It feels like 20 years. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And it really is true that when you have this conversation, the other person may feel like, here we go again, what we attacked. So just being vulnerable and sharing, how you feeling your intention? Really? It's like, Oh, okay. We are not doing that. We are not having like an argument, but we are just talking things through that is really powerful.
1: We can dial down the drama. It doesn't have to be this huge outburst or anything that leaning into that positive side of possible again, of what are the What are the more realistic outcomes, right? If I do come in with this really calm demeanor and disarming intention, the most likely thing is that we're going to be able to find some understanding in each other. And, you know, whether it's completely resolved in that one conversation or whether you just move the needle a little bit, you know, and, and maybe it leads to other smaller conversations
0: that's still going to be to your benefit. Absolutely. And I, I. Really admire how you're always looking at the positive scenario or even and or better. And I wanna take it slightly back to business again because when you first start in your business, I know many people they wanna start, but they do focus on the negative scenario, they do focus, oh my god, I'm gonna be homeless, I'm gonna be bankrupt, which That's that's not really happened, but that's what our brain focuses on. So when you were starting your business, did you Mm -hmm. have any fears or anything else that was holding you back from start? And if so, how did you overcome that? I had a ton of fear, (laughs) a ton of
1: fear. And it was during the pandemic, really, that I decided to go full time in my business. So coming up on two years ago, and it was just a pivotal point. And it was actually one of those situations where I needed to have a courageous conversation. And I had to choose the time I was contracting for an organization. Of course, the pandemic changed everything. It changed the scope of the role completely. And I was trying to homeschool my daughter as well. So there was a lot happening and me and the employer were just not seeing eye to eye. I could just tell that it just it was i needed to make a choice i was at this crossroads and even if i had chosen or let the fear win and stayed i was actually also afraid of how it could end if if i didn't end it myself right so i leaned into the faith i had been wanting to go full time in my business and i felt like this was that nudge forward. And I also did have some savings to rely on. So I kind of just said, all right, well, we're going to see what happens here. Right. And at the time I decided to get a coach of my own for business and it just really aligned in the best way um, with the, maybe the, just the support from, from my coach, the support from my partner and my faith really just helped me make that decision. And I just, I've learned what it feels like when something isn't in alignment with who I am. And that's what that engagement had turned into. And there's this saying it's called, or it says you pay to stay, right? And so when you stay in situations that aren't healthy for you, you pay for it with not necessarily with money, but with your time, with your energy, with your spirit, with all of that, it's just so draining. And I've been in situations like that and I just was not willing to do it again. So I thought we're just gonna, sometimes you have to just leap.
0: Yeah, that is so powerful because again, we're always thinking about the cost of going for our dreams, now the cost of actually staying where we are, which Mm. is who is (laughs) higher? always higher, especially in terms of health, whether mental health, physical health, our relationships, there is so, so much that we are people that even realizing it. And so going for your dreams really yeah. becomes the, the safest option and the best option. Now, I have a question that I ask everyone on the show, and it is, What's one way the multi-passionates can build a life and peace around all their passions?
1: That's such a great question. I think that it's different for everybody. I'm working with a client right now who she's pivoting her career and she's she's realizing that she doesn't have to have certain needs met in her professional sphere. And I think that that is really key is, is really taking that self-inventory and understanding what are your needs and your desires for yourself. And, and what, what are things that just, you can't compromise on right within each sphere, within that professional realm, within the personal or family realm, within the social realm or the spiritual, and then really going from there to determine, okay, you know, these are my bare, these are my minimums, right? I'm not willing to compromise on it. I think that when you state that up front, there is this energetic shift that just Changes things, right? Like you've, you're no longer willing to entertain at all. So, and you're only going to move in this direction. And so, on the spiritual realm, things just kind of fall into place a little bit more naturally. But yeah, I think if, if multi passionates, they're naturally creative. So, creative thinking, you know, make it a game. You know, how can you get your needs met personally? Where can you, what, what can you do in your personal life to get those other needs met? And just knowing too, that we're always evolving. So what you're doing today, which is working or feeling great, things may shift and change. And we're all, and that's how we learn about ourselves is constantly going in, you know, reflecting and thinking about who we are, who we've become. And now what's important to us, what's important to us in this phase of life. We're not going to stay the same. So periodically we have to evaluate what's working and what's not, and what do I really want in this next phase and and what actions can I personally take to align myself with getting those needs met? I think that just that intentional thought and time and, and knowing that you have the power to set goals, to move the needle forward whether you're allowing yourself to be supported by a coach to help you get there faster, or you're just excited about whatever timeline you're on, that's great. So there's not one way to do it either. I think that a lot of times we get pigeonholed into thinking, I've got to do it this way, or this is the only way that 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 is going to work for me. Remain open to possibilities, right? Remain open to just what falls in your lap or what comes up. Every day is an adventure, and you get to
0: you get to pick and choose what what you want to do. Well, it's such an amazing answer, and this conversation has been fantastic. So, before we wrap up, is there anything else you would like to mention? I see so
1: many people out there struggling day to day, settling for just keeping up and just keeping their head above water, and just trying to make it and I think there is this subconscious commitment to life being hard and life being a struggle. And I think that you, the biggest shifts for me have happened when I was no longer willing to accept that for myself. I'm not trying to build a lifestyle that's centered around expecting things to be difficult or expecting life to be a struggle No, thank you. (laughs) That is the, the toxic hustle culture that we all hear that we just need to push through and we just need to deal with it. And this is just the way life is. And the thing is that if you want an easier life, you can have it. If you want a life that is more fulfilling and meets your needs personally, professionally in your relationships with your, with your family, you can have it. It's, it's definitely about figuring out what you want, why you want it, believing in it and being willing to put the time and the effort into creating it. And whether that's by yourself or what, when you're supported with a coach, life does not have to be a struggle.
0: Oh, that's a great place to end this. And for anyone who would like to know more about you or work with you, where can they find you?
1: Sure. So my website is Encompass Coaching Services. So E N C O M P A S S Coaching Services.com. And you can also find me on Instagram. That's usually where I'm hanging out to another big platform. It's Kimberly.brook, B R O O K E. Smith.
0: And of course, we're going to add everything in the show notes below for anyone who is interested. So thank you so much for making the time. it has been amazing. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it and my business was growing. At the snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they'd leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. If you too are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You Already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief the sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe, like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and are afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe. Deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious is like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you're going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun, and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and old stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business, and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a feat, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial allocation and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These 101 calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today.